Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as, or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. Well, hello, 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 365ers. Welcome to another episode of the Black Health 365 podcast. I am uh, Jackie Page, radio personality and personal trainer, along with... What's good, 365ers? Britt Daniels here, your fit life coach, yogi, and serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, it's our personal mission to be champions of truth and change by providing y'all with personalized healthcare information and resources from trusted professionals. We are here to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long. Jackie, we have a great episode ahead of us. We have both been dealing with a lot. A lot has been happening in the world. Today, we're talking about stress. Yes, something I think uh, we all, not just me and you, but the 365ers deal with as well. Um, We all deal with stress in some way, shape or form. Um, mm, mm, mm. There's so much I can say on this right now because I feel like I'm very thankful for everything that I have in my life. However, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm a little stressed. Like, you know, quick check in, 365ers, I'm a little stressed. Britt, how you holding up? You know, I'll be completely vulnerable today on this podcast. I'm actually very stressed with a lot of things going on in my life, and I'll even argue perhaps depressed. Um, and uh, I just, as you know, got back from a beautiful spiritual sabbatical in Japan, and I had a lot of peace in that time, and I had a lot of time to disconnect and retune with myself. But coming back, running three different businesses, things have been very overwhelming. Um, and I say that to say, a lot of opportunities have been coming my way, um, but with more opportunities um, comes more responsibility. And uh, it seems like the more successful I get, the more I have to, um, the heavier the hat becomes almost, right? And so um, there's a lot more to be said on that, but right now I'm working with how to deal with that, how to appropriately scale and how to manage all these emotions as I'm transforming into a new stage in my life, right? Um, it's, it's 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 an interesting process, despite you know studying all these things from neuroscience to Buddhism to meditation. It's still that that concept of healing is a verb, right? Um, so I'm super excited for this conversation. Super excited to speak with our guest today. Uh, but before we get into that, we you know we got to do our Dharma talks. Um, and today's Dharma talk speaks close to home with basically what I've been experiencing. Um, 365ers, these Dharma talks come from the Eastern tradition of giving a little sermon to set the tone for the conversation. And um, today's conversation, today's Dharma talk is about how emotional resiliency is tied to one's self-worth, tied to one's self-valuing. Quick anecdote about myself, I tie so much of my self-work as a man to how hard I work, 
to um, my ability to produce, right? Um, and so emotional resiliency is the ability to adapt and cope with challenging situations and setbacks and adversity. And self-worth is our perception of ourselves and our value as human beings. And when we have a positive self-worth, we believe we are, we are deserving of respect, love, and happiness. And this positive perception allows us to handle situations and circumstances, circumstances, challenges, and setbacks more effectively. On the other hand, when our self-worth is low, we can tend to be more vulnerable to stress and anxiety. We may struggle to feel, uh, you know, inadequate or have self-doubt, insecurity, and these negative feelings can make it difficult for us to bounce back. Um, so it's important that we have knowledge of self, self-awareness, externalized tools to, to revalue ourselves, whether that's talking to someone, getting a therapist, doing the work, right? Um, so with all that being said, Jackie, we have a lot to be said in this conversation. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be said. Um, and I also want to point out that May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is another reason why um, me and Britt wanted to have this conversation with you through 65ers is, you know, we, especially in the Black community, we like to sweep our mental health under the rug. Um, and as champions of our health and our mental health and our well-being here on the Black Health 365 podcast, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're bringing awareness to, um, you know, two things like mental health, mental wellness, um, as well as stress. So with that being said, I do want to go ahead and bring in our guest for today, um, Dr. Dimbris Barber, um, also known as Coach D, is a Richmond-based resilience coach and a trauma specialist with a little over 10 years experience teaching skills to overcome life adversities. Uh, Coach D, how are you doing today? I'm well. Guys, hi! Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. I really, Coach D, thank you for for sitting down and having this conversation with us. Um, like I just said, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, me and Britt both are saying that um, you know we are feeling the stressors of life, and I'm sure that we're not the only ones. Um, I feel like coming out of the pandemic, um, a lot of people went from stressing about one thing to stressing more about other things. Um, so during this Mental Health Awareness Month, definitely wanted to make sure that, you know, we talked about stress and ways that we can and ways that we can cope and deal with stress. Um, so want to start with a pretty basic convert, basic question. Um, what is the technical definition of stress? So <laughs> technical definition, right? I mean, we can Google stress and get the definition for that. Um of it being basically like just a state of emotional or psychological distress. Um, it's a state of worry and it's some type of mental tension. Um, and it it's in response to some type of adverse situation, like some type of challenge or some type of difficulty. Um, and stress can be acute, right? It could be short-term, but it can also be long-term. Um, so just in a, a, a short synopsis, that would be what is stress if we were looking at it like in that way. How do you know if you're stressed? But I just, how do you know? Because I feel like there's different levels to this thing. Listen, and <laughs> yes, it's, and it's like, you know, stress is, is an individual experience. And I think that um, that could be a question that we all could answer. Like, how do, like for me, for me, how do I know when I'm stressed? I hold stress in my back. So when I started noticing tension, um, physical tension, muscle tension, um, when my eyes start to feel 
different. You know, when I start to get foggy brain, like I know I'm being, I'm stressed when it's difficult for, to concentrate. I know I'm stressed. So let me ask you, Jackie, how do you know you're stressed? You know what, Coach D? That is a really good question that I don't think I've ever taken the time to really think about. I think I've done such a great job of pushing stuff under the rug that for me, I don't really know what, I don't really know when I'm stressed. Like I, I feel like, I feel like, oh, it's a lot going on, but am I, like, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that question because I am so used to pushing everything under the rug and being like, oh, you know, I'm a thug through this. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be okay. Like, oh, this is nothing. I'm a personal trainer. So when you talk about like hearing stress in your shoulders, I don't really feel that or hear that until I go to a, a, a massage therapist. I don't know how to answer that question. Hmm. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I would describe myself as a very sensitive man. <laughs> and I mean that in the best possible way. Um, I'm very uh, aware of what's going on internally, so much so that it makes me extremely introverted at times, despite the nature of my work and dealing with so many people. Uh, I manifest stress physically in my chest and in my temples. Um, when I have anxiety or I feel overwhelmed, I would describe myself as an adult with ADHD. So if I don't stick to my routines and my strict procedures, I can feel overwhelmed by the world because things coming at me in so many different ways. And that's a good thing first. Um, but I know I'm mentally stressed when I'm tired, um, when things that I enjoy don't bring me enjoyment. But mostly, I'm naturally at heart a very kind person. But I know I'm stressed when I'm irritable and I'm short with people. And I, ain't, I, don't, I just don't put up with nothing. Like, I'm like, all right, dog, I ain't trying to hit this. <laughs> I keep it moving. And I don't like that side of me. And when I start to feel like that, I'm like, hold on, I need to take a step back. And you know that, you know, that can manifest in relationships, that can manifest in your work. And sometimes when you get caught up in your own world and have those, because sometimes when you're so stressed, you get these, uh, you know, uh, blind folks. You don't, you don't see what's going on around you. You've got tunnel vision. And so sometimes people in your life got to say, hey, you good? <laughs> like, yeah. And I feel like other people identify that I'm stressed and not me. So for example, um, what was it? I walked into the station to, it, it may have been yesterday or today, but I walked into the station and the person that was in the studio before me was like, your energy feels off. And I'm just like, I'm tired. And just kind of left it at that. Um, I really need to take some time. I, I just feel like, Jackie, what have you been doing with your life? I need to really take some time to figure out like when I'm stressed so that I can like de-stress myself because I'm so used to pushing everything under the rug and being like, oh, this nothing. Like, we gonna thug through it. Like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> but you know what? That's so interesting because you both bring up points of like opposite ends of the spectrum. Like for you, Jackie, it's like, uh-uh, I don't know. I push, I push it down. I don't, I don't, I'm not in tune with when I know I'm, how I'm recognizing that I'm stressed. And then for you, Britt, it is, I'm self-aware. So I have, like, I feel things differently when things are not going how they're supposed to be. I feel it at a, at a different intensity. And so I think that's the thing about stress. Like there's no one specific way to, there's no one specific way for stress to be manifested. Like it is a range of things that can happen. And I think that is key though, that self-awareness of knowing when it's different for you. Does that make sense? No, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. It just makes me sit and think like, so I have, and we've talked about this on an earlier episode, um, I have alopecia. 
Um, and one of the things that's been said to me is alopecia can be stress related. Um, and for me, <laughs> speaking of stress, um, I feel like I don't know that I'm stressed until it's way too late. Like, oh, I'm noticing like a patch of my hair is gone. I'm going to the dermatologist and they're like, oh, well, you've been stressing. Well, clearly. Um, but by that time, it's way too late. So no, I completely, um, completely understand what, what the point that you're making and what you were saying. I'm just like, I've, I've been read for filth again. <laughs> Coach D, you know, it may seem commonsensical, some of the questions I'm about to ask you, but in your experience as a coach, what are some, you know, stress factors that a lot of your clients may talk to you about? And we kind of know what some of these stress factors may be, financial, mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything else. But also, to as a lead off from that question, do you think COVID, and you're, I'm not sure how long you've been, you've been coaching for a while, so mm -hmm. what do you think changed during COVID? In, so go ahead. Well, to jump in, like over the past couple of years, the therapy, like I started my private practice um, about three years ago and it was around the height of when COVID, everything was shutting down. There was a lot of virtual. I mean, life was just changing. And when I say that therapy, my therapy books have been booked. It is so hard to, like, as soon as I have openings, there's other people coming in. And I think that's the case just in this work, in this field, clinically, therapists have been booked. And a lot of that stress is becomes from having to adjust to changes that a lot of stuff happened that people had no idea could change their life and the way that they live their life. You had a, a influx of grief and loss um, from family members and, and relatives to people. I mean, we're seeing loss of income, loss of jobs, um, the, which leads into financial stressors, um, just the loss of how people were, their routines of life um, and having to adjust to that um, relationships being challenged, um, marriages, um, social people's social um, involvement, all of that was changed and remained consistent for some time. Now, if you think about clinically, uh, what causes a stress disorder would be if you're experiencing something, if you're experiencing exposure to a stress for three months. We were in this thing for years, a couple, a few years. So you think about the impact on people's mental health and having to adjust and having to be re-exposed to these stressors. Do you feel like during this time, um, you've seen more, and again, because we, you know, it's the Black Health 365 podcast, but do you feel like you've seen more um, Black and Brown people um, coming in and, and trying to talk about their stressors and what they have going on? Yes, absolutely. And I I love that for us um, because it's definitely needed. And I was just talking to a friend the other day. I said, when I look at my clientele, we can go from corporate to the trap house. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's all the whole range. And I, but I love that because I, it shows how the stigma is being, um, well, therapy and mental wellness is being destigmatized, and people are really taking the time to take it serious. Like people are having conversations, and it's and it's going to gener it's um, trans generational. Like I have 
daughters and sons that are now emphasizing therapy to their parents and to their grandparents and so and then to their children you know um so yes it has been an influx in um black and brown people accessing therapy and the fact that they have that space um it's so hard to find um people that look like you black therapists um or people of color um and I remember when I started, most people were like, I've been searching for months and it has been hard to get in. And that's just, that's discouraging to someone that is seeking, has finally made a decision to seek therapy and to seek help and support because, you know, sometimes it can be hard to even ask for help and then to almost feel that rejection um, or feel like I got to keep looking is harder than I thought it was going to be, which in itself causes some stress. Um so I just commend our people or the black and brown community for just being able to be being being persistent and diligent and taking care of their mental health. I got to say, I feel like over the last few last few months, last few years or whatever, um, I have seen more black and brown uh, therapists um, than I think I ever have. So, you know, kudos to you and and everybody in in, in your field and in your arena um, for really like pushing hard to make sure that us as black and brown people know that like, hey, there are people here that we can talk to that look just like me that are going through some of the things that I'm going through. Um, because for a very long time, like it was something to your point, like, you know, I may see one black person, you know, mm-hmm. once every, you know, few years. Now yeah. I feel like it is a, you know, it's a reoccurring thing that I absolutely love. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely love it. Um whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, to speak from my own experience, um, I, I suffer from, and I'm a recovering addict, and I had so many pressures, trauma from, from my childhood, and things I didn't know how to address because I didn't have the necessary resources and all that compound stress led to pretty much psychosis. Um, and I was for so many years opposed to going to seek therapy because I didn't see anyone that looked like me in the chair across from me. Um, and so it's, it's when you say that the, there, the, the stigma of seeking mental health, of seeking modalities of healing is, is starting to diminish in the black community. I see it. Um, I have a background now in yoga, a background now in meditation. Um, um, you know, I know a lot about Buddhism. And so um, it's, it's, it's me operating in the space as a healer, as a black yogi. Uh, I talk to so many people like, man, I would have never did that. Um, and it's, 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 it's great. Um, you know, we talk about stress, too. You know, we talked about earlier how people manifest stress in their bodies. Well, in the yoga tradition, we talk about that, especially in the Western tradition. We talk about the hips. Physically, when you're tight, physically tight, 
neurophysiological studies have shown that that can create emotional tension um, and movement and release exercise, meditation. It can help you release stress. We talk now. We're getting into methods of you know alleviating stress. But uh, for you, uh, Coach D, um, what are some preliminary things that you encourage your your clients to do? And it's always case by case. But I love that, though, because I incorporate mind-body connection um, in my work with um, with clients in, in, this, in sessions. Um, because for me, my method is, well, in dealing with stress, and we're talking about stress management, it is you got to regulate first. You, can, you have to find regulation, and then you can start making some readjustments. Um, and that regulation can come through mindfulness practices and um, calming strategies. And it's amazing how I can have a consultation. I can have a consultation with clients and just over the phone, how you can feel the stress and tension and just the emotional distress, distress that someone is experiencing. And I have been intentional about my therapy space of it being calming and relaxing by including like um, aromatherapy and, um, you know, soft calming music when clients come into the office, their whole, that whole experience. And it's amazing how just that little bit of reg those regulation techniques, as soon as clients come in and sit down on the couch, they're like, oh my gosh, I am crying. And I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm like, but that's a release. Crying is releasing. And you're able to find this state of calmness so that your body can release what you've been holding, which is stress distress even in talking to you i, I feel that calmness um Listen, i was about to say the same thing you know it's, you, get, you can even get to mirror neurons uh you know studies have shown people are super stressed out when they speak even when i've been taught someone that's super calm i can be scattered sometimes and sometimes i can be this is in yogi um and uh yeah i can even say in talking with you i feel that calm being expressed so i can tell you do that deep work for sure i love that no i was gonna say the same thing i'm like just talking to you i'm like I can exhale. I mean, yes. Thank you for exhaling. My clients know I say that. Thank you for exhaling. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for allowing me the space to exhale because I think a lot of times we don't have that space to exhale. Um, at what point in time should I, because, you know, we're talking about stress and it's something that everybody goes through on a unfortunately consistent basis. At what point in time should I reach out to somebody to have, you know, a therapist if I am stressed? Um, you know, is it a wait until you get to this point? Is it a maybe the minute you start feeling some type of way, like you need to go talk to somebody? Like at what point in time should you have a conversation with somebody? And it's, it's stress. It's like, well, everybody deals with it. So is it really, you know, what point in time? So there's a couple of different ways to answer this question. And my priority answer would be, especially when, it starts to impact like your functioning, like social functioning, um, occupational functioning. Like you start to notice at home, things are starting to be neglected. It's starting to impact your relationships, your your ability to work. Um, your you start withdrawing from people, or you know, just differences in those areas. That would be number one um, priority is when you see those areas start to be affected. Seek help and seek support. Um, the other part of that would be. I think it is based on the individual. Like when you are, that could be, therapy can be a preventative measure and you don't have to be in a full-blown crisis to seek out therapy. Um, you could you could use it as prevention. You could use it when you're, 
you know, I'm, I'm think I see some changes. I want to, I want to talk some, talk this out. It doesn't have to be long-term therapy. There's also short-term therapy. Um, and so I would offer that just as a, as a guide. But the main thing is definitely when you start to see impact, it, you, when you start to see it impacting your function, impacting your relationship, social, occupational, things like that. And also, too, when you're ready to do the work, um, because therapy is work and it in my type of work, because I specifically specialize in, in focusing with trauma. Right. And so sometimes that add sometimes you're not ready to add on more stress because I always say like in this, I poke the bear. We don't we don't avoid the bear like we 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 address it. And so sometimes in that you have to be willing to do the work. And so you'll know um, when you're willing to do the work. And I have some clients that have came to maybe one session. It's like "Mm -mm," and then that they reach back out a year later. I feel like the mama bear is like, come on in when you're ready. (laughs) It's funny you say mama bear. Um, I heard this one therapist say that therapy happens in the womb. It requires labor. Um, and so it's just people that sometimes think they just can go to therapy and just like, I heard this person, I talked to this person and there it is. I'm I'm cured. (laughs) No, it requires consistent mental and physical behaviors to align yourself. And the thing is that dial is always shifting. A lot of people think life is linear. You get an answer and you figure it out. And I always tell people, my clients that no life is a spiral. You circle back on the same truths, find deeper each time. And that's what I'm going through right now. I know all these things. And like I said, I know from self-awareness that I am depressed. (laughs) And I know very intellectually what that reasoning is. Um, And it's a process of me getting back to my disciplines. I know for me personally, that's what I need to get to. I've been very off routine and being. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. routine has caused me to feel overwhelmed. Um, and so that's that's me personally. I'm, I'm using you to vent right now, Dr. Coasty. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> That is look, that is what she is here for, okay? She is here for the, the vent session, okay? So if you need to vent some more bread. Take your time. Oh, we got time. Go we ahead, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> we got time, let it go. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, These factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at TreatCOVID19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Coasty, if I am stressed and go to 
um, I reach out to somebody, I reach out to a therapist. Um, does that mean I failed as a person? That I, I, I failed as as a human being? I'm so glad you brought up this point and asked this question. No, it does not mean failure. And I hear that a lot in sessions, that point being, does this mean failure? And Brett, no shade to the men, especially because I see predominantly women, but especially with black and black and brown women, there is that that is a whole nother podcast episode. But is that concept of feeling like I missed the point? I'm I mean I missed the mark. I'm not meeting the expectation. Um this isn't I'm not normal. There has to be something wrong with me. And it's about changing that question of what's wrong with me to, okay, well, what happened to you? What was your experience? What led you to this point to where you are? And this is just a snapshot of a point in time. It doesn't define who you are as a person, but this is a snapshot of you've done a lot of living, right? So you, this is a snapshot of a point in time in your life and how you're dealing with it, how you're responding to these stressors. And it may feel like feel like it's a you're failing at your attempts to manage it but it's just that the feeling right and feelings fluctuate they're not facts they're not the reality and so I think that's the thing that therapy helps with too is that is it points out those irrational thoughts that sometimes we can hold on to and it separates what's irrational and what's really logical and what's true I feel like a great therapist that can hold space for someone who lacks clarity in their life. It's kind of like, you know, you have those old school earphones that are really bundled up and like a therapist, a therapist helps you just take that apart and straighten them on out, right? When you can't do it on your own. Yeah. Um, going off from that conversation, um, two things actually, two questions I have here and one, as a black man in my early life, I struggled with how to articulate my stress. Mm -hmm. In that process, that means I struggle with the language of vulnerability. Um, sometimes I didn't even know that I was stressed. I was unaware and it came off as, as, as anger. It came off as aggression. Um, and I think I needed to respond violently to things, right? So it's a lot of black, it's a lot of men who don't know how to communicate stress. And that causes so many issues in our society on so many different levels, right? Second part of my question, is for someone who they're in a, maybe a relationship, a friend, a loved one, how do you hold space for people like that? How do you say, hey, bro, you good? But they're like, let me alone, I'm just tired. No, you know. When you have a client who maybe, I don't know how you can answer this, but they don't even know how to communicate what's going on with them effectively. Mm -hmm. What does holding space look like in that situation? So for me, um, and this is, and it's actually common. Right. Because I don't know about I don't know about anybody else. 365ers. But for me, I remember from my childhood, it was it don't show no emotion. It was you best I promise I'll give you something to cry about type thing. And so there was this there was this notion of suppress your emotions. And so it's really common um, for people to because sometimes I'll ask the question, what's going on in your world today? How you feeling? And most people are like. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what word to describe how I feel. And so I use a tool. Um, and a lot, I think a lot, it's very common in the therapy world, which is the feelings wheel. Um, and it's a, when I pull it out, listen, it's like, whoo, 
the golden book of feelings, like all these different words of how you can um, start to have find the language for to describe how you feel. Because sometimes we just have the basic vocabulary, which is I'm mad, sad, happy, um, content. I'm at peace, things like that. But you could the feelings what has helped because it you may feel like it's anger, but it could actually be resentment, or it could actually be um I'm irritable or I am. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just overwhelmed, right? Like, it could be other words to describe how you feel. And so the feelings wheel is a great tool. Um, and I've got a lot of good feedback from my clients that use it to help them find the language to really describe how they feel. Um, and talking about it. The second part of my question, if I can articulate it, is for people who struggle with expressing themselves, I believe, how do you hold space for them? And you told me one method you can help them with providing with them a language of vulnerability. Um, but perhaps in sessions that you or with some of your clients, let's say someone has a husband who doesn't know how to like release his stress. How do you encourage them to speak to that person, if that makes sense? Okay, in relationships, when it talks about relationships. Mm -hmm. I think now we're getting into some of my <laughs> couples and families' work, but I think in those instances, it is taking what they have to give at where they're at, right? So, if for so, like for instance, when you're saying, um, okay, I'm reaching out to somebody and I'm like, well, your Bible are off, like, what's going on with you? And I get, I don't know, I'm gonna talk about it, but you notice that there's something different, like. You can still be mindful and observant, but taking taking that for what it is, right? Um, and not taking it personal if they don't give you more when you feel like it's more. Um, until it becomes a matter of concern of their safety, of course, um, then it is, you know, more and in, more intervention there. But it's taking people for where they taking people um for what they have to give at the time that they have to give it until they're able to give more. And sometimes you can even continue the conversation maybe um, later on. Like, you know, I noticed that you weren't feeling feeling too great or I noticed something different about you um, yesterday. Can we talk about it tomorrow? Like giving options um, because, I, you know, I'm a little concerned or, you know, I just feel a little different around you. And that's not typical, you know, like, making it about you more than it is about the person so they don't have to feel like they're being forced to go beyond where they're able to give at that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I've been in that position where I feel like someone's like, like holding me, like, I need you to explain what's going on right now. And it's like, I'm like, give me some time. I need to process and it's, it's almost like they make it about them in a negative and also a toxic way. Like, this has nothing to do with you. Like, I'm processing right now. <laughs> like, can I just have some space? And that, yeah. 
on the flip side, sometimes, and I feel like we as women do this. This is why I'm, you know, I'm speaking up for the for the girls right now. Um, I, I feel like sometimes we do that in a sense of kind of like with what you were saying, like men don't really do a good job of like expressing or saying how they feel. So, you know, we're kind of like, well, what's wrong? Like, talk to me about it because we want you to communicate. We realize that something is wrong and you're bottling it in and we just don't want you to do that. Like we want you to express and have that woo-saw moment. So on, on the contrary, um, I'm not sure if he was talking about a woman, but I just want to throw that out there uh, because I, can say that I have, um, especially with like, you know, my significant other, you know, ex-boyfriends or whatever over time that I, I've played that role before of like, he doesn't want to express how he feels, but I don't want you bottling this in because it's not good for you. You got a lot going on and I just feel like you need to say something or we, you know, we need to have that conversation. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I hear you. <laughs> so I think, like I say, I think Coach, you, you're about to say something. No, I was going to say, but I think that goes to the principle of not taking things personal. Um, have y'all read The Four Agreements? Mm -mm. That's a good book. I recommend that to everybody. Anyway, The Four Agreements, but one of the agreements uh, in that is not to take anything personal, don't take things personally. And that has been so consistent because when we take things personal, it doesn't leave room to continue conversation. It stops the conversation where it's at. And because now I'm different, like you were saying, Jackie, like, okay, I just want you, I noticed that you, I know you're feeling some type of way. I want you to talk to me. And then when we don't get that from our, from our significant other or from that person, then we take it personal. And then it's like, it's rejection or you don't want me to be there for you. And it leads to a whole nother spiral of, of conflict, which is stressful. I was just about to follow up that. That's, that was my rebuttal, actually. <laughs> I feel like it's like there, I've been in that situation where I actually, I'm very emotionally aware and intelligent about what's going on. And I literally just need space. And they're thinking in their head, hey, Britt, why can't you just open up right now? But, you know, it's just like, hey, I, I just need, I need you to understand it's not about you or <laughs> like, I just got to deal with this right now. But, you know, it, it, to you know, take it outside of myself, there, of course, are a lot of men who struggle in general, who don't, will never open up, right? Um, will Smith said this about his wife, <laughs> that, you know, we can't choose how people feel. We can't have control on how people feel, think, act, behave. At the end of the day, um, they have to decide to put in that labor, that work to do that self-care. We can hold space for them. And I think that's the best thing that we can do, personally. That's a very good point you make, holding space. I think we as women 365ers need to do a better job of not taking things so personal because we do. And I'm going to speak up for the girls and say that we do because I have sat in that seat before. Coach D, um, you know, you deal with a lot of people who have different things going on. Um how do you manage stress? How do you deal? I mean, like I said, you hear a lot of people's stress. You have your own life. You have your own family. Like, how do you manage? How do you deal? Yes. So listen, for me, this is an, an ever learning process. <laughs> and I try to be intentional about my stress management. Um I have had to make accommodations like in my schedule and my routine. Like, for instance, at the frequency that I see clients, um, I take breaks in between the week. I'm 
different strokes for different folks. But for me, um, I take breaks throughout the week where I'm very intentional about that. Um, the email responder is on auto reply. Um, so it's not if I'm still re- engaged with, um, you know, if someone on a, from a bit from a business aspect and the clinical aspect, I'm still engaged, but I leave that I create that boundary so that I can step away and do the things that I enjoy, which is be with my family, spend some quality time to myself, um, work out, like do the things that I talk about in my own therapy sessions, because that's the thing for me. I don't want to, I can't give you anything that I don't have for myself. And so if my cup is, if I'm depleted and I'm burnt out and wore out and all the outs, then how am I supposed to be a support to you? So it's very important to me to take time away to be intentional about just my routine. Um, listen, in the morning time before I start my sessions, the playlist is blasting. Okay, you, I don't know what you might get. You might- <laughs> The things that make me feel good, that get me prepared for the day. And I, you know, I'm very intentional about that because I think it's important. 365ers, um, I really quickly, Coach D, want to take what you just said and use that as our what's your 365, Um, especially, you know, with us talking about stress. Um, Be more 365ers. Be more intentional about doing the things and incorporating the things that make you happy um, so that you... Um, can kind of manage that stress level. If it is, like Coach G just said, you know, having to take, if you if you got the schedule to do that now, no, 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 I ain't trying to get you fired. But if you have this schedule where you can like take a day off throughout the week, do that. Um, you know, if you can't, find those things that you enjoy, whether it's going on a walk or, you know, listening to music, whatever those things are that help you breathe, stretch, shake, let it go. Um, be more intentional about incorporating those things in your day. A lot of time we like to say in your week, no, in your day, because life is lifing every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every day. <laughs> Just want to make that point every day because life has been lifing. Uh, Coach D. I'm just, uh, thank you for giving me the space to inhale and exhale. If people want to find you on social media, um, if they want to reach out to you, um, me and Britt have been exhaling this entire time. So if people want to reach out to you and they want to exhale as well, where can they reach out to you at? Well, they can reach me on, um, my Instagram is at Dembris Danielle. Um, I'm also on Facebook, um, which is Dembris Barber, um, Resilience Coach and Trauma Specialist. And they can also visit my website, which is www.dembrisdanielle.com. Um, I also have a podcast, um, which is Living a Resilient Life, um, which is also on all podcasting platforms. So that's where they can find me. Yeah, 365ers, you got a lot of way to connect and exhale. I'm gonna do it one more time. Let's do it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Everybody inhale. And exhale. One more time, just for good measures, just in case you was like, wait, I, I missed the count. One, two, three. I oh, that, that. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Coach D, thank you so much. Um, 365ers, if you have something that you want us to cover, something you want us to talk about, you know where to find us. Instagram, okay? Black Health 365. Again, that's Black Health 365. Slide in DMs. You can find me at Love Jackie Page on all social media. And you can find me at ProfitFitness.life. 365ers, to borrow a quote from Jackie, 
life does be life and period healing is a verb it is your responsibility to be an advocate for your health peace namaste and love Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels, created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez, executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell, editing and production, Jahi Whitehead, sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.